All right, I think it's time. I think we need to start to discuss it. The elephant in the room that no one really wants to talk about. The thing that really uh, might be bothering some people. I'm sorry to admit this. Nah, I'm not really sorry. But I'll just say it. All right, I'm a dude. Yes, I am a dude-tician. I'm a guy-a-tician. I'm a diet dude. And while some of you might think that that means that I can't understand what it's like to be a girl, you would be correct in some ways. But I am a dietitian. Still am a nutrition professional. And that, I mean, it's kind of like saying that someone that uh, does heart surgery can't do heart surgery because they haven't had heart surgery. And you can understand the principles behind it. You can understand the science behind it. But you understand that there are limitations to your understanding. So... I just want you to know that I am aware, okay? Just wanted to get that out of the way so that you guys could understand that I understand that there might be some limitations that you could perceive as being there. But we'll talk about those things and uh, we'll have some guests on the show that'll be able to address some of that too. This is Zach Cordell, registered dietitian and host for the Latter-day Saint Nutritionist where food, faith, and science meet. This podcast is not intended to be individualized medical advice. As always, please consult with a medical professional in your area to make sure that your medical history is taken into account to make sure that you get the best care possible. Okay, and um, second elephant in the room, this podcast is no longer the Mormon Nutritionist, but instead it is the Latter-day Saint Nutritionist. Uh, The big reason for the name change is because Mormon was a nickname for the church because we believe in the Bible and the Book of Mormon, but the actual name of the church is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So instead of using the nickname Mormon, we're using a descriptor of someone of the faith. So... You'll be able to find us on social media at the Latter-day Saint Nutritionist on Instagram and on Facebook. So we're still there. Just a little bit of a name change. Now, this episode's going to be a little bit different because these are things that stuck out to me during our recent general conference. And for those of you that aren't members of the church, general conference is where we as a membership of the church gather together to listen to the Lord's prophet and 12 apostles. We believe that there is a prophet and apostles on the earth today, and this conference happens twice a year, one in October, one in April. So I plan to do a little recap after each conference on some things that stuck out to me and how they relate to health and nutrition. So let's get cracking. So right out of the gate, President Nelson and Elder Cook, Quentin L. Cook, um, mentioned the need for a home-centered church and the need for the family to be those leading our spiritual development. And I think that's awesome. I think that the church is leaning more away from what we need to be focusing on at church and more so who we are as individuals. That's kind of always been the focus. But with this move, um, it's focused more on making sure that the parents 
and the family and the home is where that principle is really applied. And it's the same thing with our home and our health. We don't send our kids off to school to get healthy. We, we're we a good example of what health should look like for them. And that's not just men and that's not just women. That's we as a collective, what we should be doing. And uh, recently I did a video on Facebook talking about how men are important in that role. And it's not just dependent upon the women cooking something in the home to make children healthy. So yeah, while we focus now on a home-centered church, we're also could focus on home-centered health, I guess you could look at it. Next would be uh, M. Joseph Bro. Bra. Bro? We'll say bro. And he told the story about whenever he went camping and how you shouldn't throw your food out the window. But really, it was the idea that sometimes we have to face hard things. And whether they're the result of our own choice or not, uh, just different things happen to us. So in terms of our bodies, the way that I can think of it is we may not like our bodies. We may not like what we've done to our bodies. But we have the ability to do well with our bodies. Sometimes we're in hard situations, whether it's our fault or not, and we don't need to self-sabotage. We don't need to put ourselves in harder situations so that we are going to fail. People do this with healthy behaviors all the time. They give themselves reasons to fail rather than uh, acting in faith and going forward in that way. So that was M. Joseph Bro. Next, Steve R. Bangeter. He talked about making our home a sanctuary of faith. And then he said something important where it talks about those seemingly small and simple. We create a culture. And I think that that's a big thing with us is that there's small and simple changes that we make. But the culture that we have can be a culture of health, a culture of faith, a a culture of service, a culture of belief, a culture of friendship, any number of things. But it's those small and simple things that we do that add up in the long run. I'm aware these are kind of moving a little fast, but I just feel like these are nuggets of knowledge that we've been given. And as we kind of ponder those things that come out and think about what it is that we're doing, you can see a lot of connections that start to occur. So with uh, Elder Rasband, he talked about since the beginning of time, fear has stopped people from doing things. And I think that that is still very much a, a big proponent of why we do or do not do things. And then he gives a story about President Kimball being called as an apostle. And he, I'll just read the quote. It says, I did a great deal of thinking and praying and fasting and praying. There were conflicting thoughts that searched through him through my mind, seeming voices saying, you can't do the work, you're not worthy, you have not the ability. And always finally came the triumphant thought, you must do the work assigned, you must make yourself able, worthy, and qualified. And the battle raged on. And so there were two things that stuck out to me in that quote from President Kimball when he was called as an apostle, because one, that we need to make ourselves able, worthy, and qualified. But at the same time, that doesn't make it always easy. We have to move forward in faith. And sometimes we just have to keep moving forward in faith. We have to believe that there is light at the end of the tunnel, that if if we're talking about healthy behaviors, I mean, a lot of times you're not going to see the long-term effects of eating fruits and vegetables immediately. 
I know it's kind of disappointing to a lot of people, but the benefit of eating our fruits and vegetables, eating a plant-based diet, isn't that you don't have a heart attack right after your meal. It's that years down the road, you've given yourself a good setup to be able to go forward in faith. And Elder Bednar kind of uh, perpetuated that. He led that on when he discussed the different things in the church regarding whether it's reading our scriptures, serving, honoring our covenants, or just focusing on the family. It's the same thing as health is that we have these simple, small things. And when we're consistent in our choices, whether we are eating fruits or eating vegetables, we're limiting our red meat, we're physically active. Whenever we have those consistent behaviors, those have the lasting effect on our physical strength. And so I think that's just kind of important to remember is that the small, simple things that bind together, create a culture of who we are and how we behave and how we see ourselves. And that was a common thing throughout the whole conference. Now, this next one, mm, yes, it was so good. Okay, um, it was Down H. Oaks. He started out his talk and he said, we should be cautious about relying on information or advice offered by entertainment stars, prominent athletes, or anonymous internet sources. Expertise in one field should not be taken as an expertise on truth in other subjects. And I was, my wife laughed because I just did like a fist pump in the air. There are so many things out there about nutrition that is just false information or it's misleading or it's just, it's well intended but incorrect. And then the next point, and the next quote I'll, I'll have for, from Elder Oaks is, if the source is anonymous or unknown, the information may also be suspect. If you don't know who the person is that's telling you this, then how do you know what their credentials are, whether they have training in it, like what? So asking those questions should be something we do both, I guess, in, in faith and in food. Um, because like I said, there's a lot of misinformation out there. And I talk to my students all the time. Just because someone's famous doesn't mean that they're an expert in nutrition. Yeah, people that push supplements all the time, but it doesn't mean they know how those things work or that they work or anything other than they maybe just be getting paid by that organization. Something else Elder Oak said is that we honor individual agency. And as a dietitian, this one's interesting for me because a lot of people will look at it and they just want a diet plan. He said, just tell me what to eat and I'll follow it. And and for a while, there were people that were handing out those things. And sometimes we still do get those mapped out plans for what someone should eat. But the role of a dietitian or the role of a nutritionist is to help people to increase their knowledge so that they can make educated choices. But we're not going to force anyone to health. We just give them the ability to choose. Um, so I think that's a big part of it is just understanding that you have the ability to do whatever you want to. As a dietitian, I can give you education. As an individual, you have the ability to act in whatever way you would like to. But the bottom line is it's your choice. So if you choose to be healthy, awesome. If you choose to be unhealthy, regardless of whatever your environment is, it's not going to help you. So let's take a quick break. I mean, even General Conference has breaks in between sessions give you a minute to 
go to the concession stand, whatever it is you want to do. No, I'm just kidding. But we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll discuss a couple of different things that I that stuck out to me during general conference, and uh, we'll go from there. I did want to let you all know that I have a book titled The Creation Code, which will be coming out this holiday season, and it uses the example of how the world was created to show us how we can create change in our own lives. I'll have a special discount for podcast listeners, but I wanted you all to know that that will be coming out. Now, the next one was Elder Christofferson, and it kind of just continued on for me in like fanboying this because it was awesome. And he spoke about how long we can stand between two idols. Now, we understand as a people that this was specifically in reference to, um, you know, serving God and mammon, whether you're searching after things of the world or searching after things of eternal nature. But I think you can look at it in terms of how we understand certain things as well. So people understand they want to be healthy, but a lot of times they want to be skinny more than they want to be healthy. And if they don't get skinny, they don't care if they're doing healthy things because they're not getting skinny. So understanding what it is that we're searching for and what it is that we're going for can be helpful. Now, this was the bigger thing that stuck out to me because it was just so obvious. He said, eat your vegetables. It will do you good. And again, fist bump in the air like, thank you, Elder Christofferson. And he said, our mothers are right. And in the context of steadfastness in the faith, eating your vegetables is to pray constantly, to feast on the scriptures daily, to serve and worship in the church, to worthily take the sacrament each week, to love your neighbor, and to take up your cross in obedience to God each day. And I thought, um, did Elder Christofferson listen to my podcast, episode three, The Brazen Serpent Diet? Because like that's what I was saying. It's, it's the same thing as that those small, simple things are just the small, simple things. But we make them into these huge things because they do have a big benefit. But it's it's really just a small thing that you're supposed to do on a consistent basis. So thank you, Otto Christofferson. And yes, I think I will eat my vegetables. And if you are listening, just give me a shout out. I mean, let me, let me know that you're listening um, and maybe we'll collaborate sometime soon. Next up, Elder Gong. All right, so Elder Gong talked about how he and Elder Richard G. Scott um, were going to paint together because Elder Scott liked to paint, and Elder Gong was like, I, I'm not a painter. But Elder Scott encouraged him and said, Attempt to be creative, even if the results are modest. Creativity can engender a spirit of gratitude for life and for what the Lord has woven into your being. And I really can't agree more. See, my wife is an artist. Uh, she likes to create a lot of things. And I, 
genuinely love seeing her and the things that she creates. When she's in the zone, it's just like awesome. Now, from my perspective, arts and sciences are meant for each other. If you haven't taken the chance, like pull out an anatomy book and take a look to see how the creations of our bodies is just insane. It's truly awesome. It's awe-inspiring. Our bodies are amazing. The fact that you don't have to think about the digestive tract, the fact that you don't have to think about what you're seeing most of the time because your brain just computes what it is. Understanding how that works can help you truly be awestruck by God's pinnacle creation, which happens to be man and woman, which is awesome. Um, so it's just important to remember that you weren't an afterthought. You were the thought. You were the whole thing. And and then, again, of course, Elder Gong did mention that we should have regular habits of righteousness. Again, focusing on consistency. So let's get to a talk that kind of was wasn't hard for me. It was interesting. Um, and I guess I'll give you my perspective on it. So Michelle, uh, Sister Sister Craig, Sister Michelle Craig, d- gave the talk and discussed divine discontent. And um, in her talk, one of the quotes was, we should welcome feelings of di- divine discontent that call us to a higher way while recognizing and avoiding Satan's counterfeit, paralyzing discouragement. She continues, this is a precious space into which Satan is all too eager to jump. We can choose to walk the higher path that leads us to seek God and his peace and grace, or we can listen to Satan who bombards us with messages that we will never be enough, rich enough, smart enough, beautiful enough, anything enough. Our discontent can become divine or destructive. And I completely agree. I think that we can focus on the changes that we're going to need to make in a positive way or a negative aspect. I know that for some, the culture of perfection that's within the church is difficult because you see moms or dads that are like crushing it. They're making those Pinterest perfect meals and they're just like traveling all over the world and everybody's just looking so happy. Or you see people that have kids and you're like, I just can't wait to have a kid, but I've been struggling with infertility. And so it's a hard thing to have the culture of perfection, but I think it's truly the progress that matters. And the point in this talk was that those feelings of, of discontent, divine discontent, are there to help us to become more like our Heavenly Father and more like our Savior. And with Him, we are enough. So while I don't disagree, I I think that um, it's a hard topic because it's really personal where some people strive very much to be perfect by themselves. And I guess that's that's the big things. Um, Another thing that she said in her talk was, when I wallow in thoughts of everything I'm not, I do not progress. And when the focus is on, I need to be perfect, that can be the problem. But whenever it's, I need to be perfect through Christ or complete with Christ, then that fixes it. That's the whole reason that he came to be here, right? Was so that we could overcome things, so that we could be enough, so that we could be better. 
and we focus on faith, we're better off, regardless of what your change is. If it's you want to lose weight, if it's you want to be healthier, if you want to be more spiritually in tune, um, if you can believe you, you can do that, that you'll find a way that you have support and you're empowered, that's because the Savior gives you that option. And going back to the thought that when I wallow in thoughts of everything I'm not, I do not progress. Um, I think, yeah, I agree. Because we're enough that the Savior of the world wanted to come and sacrifice himself. And even when he didn't want to, he still did because we were that important. This world was created for us. So we are kind of important. You're not the center of the world. But you're an integral part of it, and you're the purpose of this world's creation. So when you think that the Grand Canyon or Mount Everest is just gorgeous, think about, yeah, those things are cool, but that's not the reason the world was created. You are. Okay, and the final talk that I want to mention, I know there were others, and again, I know there were other things that stuck out to you guys, so if you found something that was important to you, hit me up on social media, let me know. But it's ironic that I say that, because President Nelson um, asked the women, specifically, though I think that it's beneficial for all of us, to go on a 10-day fast from social media and all media that might be detracting them away from um the savior and what our purpose here is in this life. And then there was the instruction to record how you feel. And that's a big part of that fast, not just giving it up and sacrificing it and see how much free time you get back. But what is it that you are gaining from social media and what social media are you allowing into your life? Um, I remember growing up, there was this one seminary video where a guy puts a VHS into the VHS player. So it basically puts a DVD in the DVD player for the younger generations, you know what I'm saying? And when he puts that in, this like black ooze starts coming out of it. And the whole house, I feel like it was white. I don't remember. But they go through and it just makes everything completely filthy. And sometimes I think back on that and how that influences how I behave. And I've even started to think about what media I'm letting into my life so that I can be more uplifted and encouraged rather than discouraged and overwhelmed by what's going on. If I'm constantly looking at pictures of these ripped dudes and I'm like, oh man, I'm not ripped. Or if I'm looking at photos of these people who are doing really well in business and I think I should be doing better in business or um, any number of things where it's If I'm not focusing on the gratitude that I have, these aren't encouraging thoughts, but rather overwhelming and going back to the divine discontent. If it's putting that shame on me to tell me that I'm not enough, then maybe that's something I should look at. Now, I've gone back and I can't find it. And so maybe this is just something that I felt while listening to the close of conference, but it just was a quote, Can't you see everyone around you as a sacred being? And I think keeping that in mind influences how we treat others and how we treat ourselves. So those are the lessons that I learned from General Conference. Those are some of the things that stuck out to me. 
and I hope that you had a good conference. I hope some of these things might have been interesting to you, and I'm excited for your feedback. And for more frequent updates and information, be sure to follow me on Instagram or Facebook at the Latter-day Saint Nutritionist. And I'll be doing a few Facebook Live videos discussing health topics and principles. It comes out a little bit more frequently than the podcasts do. And let me know what stuck out to you during conference. As always, reviews, ratings, and subscriptions go a long way. So any of those are greatly appreciated. And our next episode is going to be titled Big Families little food, where we'll be discussing the realities that sometimes present themselves in cultures where family is the focus and kids just run amok. So this is Zach Cordell, registered dietitian and the Latter-day Saint nutritionist. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.